welcome to Everybody A, Everybody Gay. A queer exploration of Pretty Little Liars. With your hosts, Speak Pirate, a.k.a. Joanna. I'm here, I'm queer, and I have a cat named Spencer. And your other host, Elsio123, a.k.a. Vina, a proud member of the Church of Vanderjesus. Well, here we are at the last dance. The prom that wasn't, and the barn prom that kind of was. Uh, this is the episode where the moms get sloshed and wind up locked in the De Laurentiis basement. Clark is revealed as an undercover cop, and everyone dresses up in strange outfits, uh, and they chase one another around a truly inscrutable prom layout. Uh, but hey, it's the last, you know, of the big kind of gala events that are such a hallmark of PLL, so we will do our best to enjoy it while it lasts. Yes, I feel like at least 50% of this episode is people standing on platforms in formal wear looking around. Uh, That's a lot of the episode. Yes, if you were like going to take a drink of water every time someone stands on the footbridge and scans the crowd, you would be extremely well hydrated by the time you were done watching. Um, You'd really have to pee, yeah. It's it's like, yeah, it's like... um, I feel like one of the things that we've said before is that like the worst thing a PLL episode can be is boring. And I'm afraid that we, we border on that here a little bit because a lot of the show, a lot of this episode is people sitting around on the couch, looking at their phones and then people at a dance looking around, trying to find each other or trying to find a, yeah, this this episode is interesting. It it sort of feels like one half victory lap. Like the the see, the stuff with the moms feels like I can imagine that this is probably an idea that everybody had wanted to do for a long time is we'll get all the moms together and we'll get them drunk and we'll have all the secrets come out. You know, and then there's a lot of like references to various characters like Noel Khan and Bridget Wu. Um so it's kind of like one half you know, greatest hits almost. And then one half running out the clock until we get to this A reveal with literally A sending the messages being like, time's running up, like just a little bit longer now. And literally just characters moving to different parts of this giant room and scanning the crowd and then somehow missing each other, even though they're all in these like giant, you know, ostentatious ball gowns. Well, I really feel... um I really feel like it's very possible that A was like sending signals to them like in various ways and they're just they just keep missing it till eventually A has to like go and stand there in the hoodie with the the cape and then yep. they're like, Oh, okay. Like <laughs> I have the same note that like A is kind of getting impatient with Allie by like act three of this episode. Yeah, I was like A probably like put a message in the ice cubes in her drink and she like like just didn't notice and like there's probably like a bone with a clue sewn into her corset and she's just like standing around. Like I, I really feel like A was getting to uh to the point of no return with like, come on, just find me already. Yeah, A is getting bored. A is like, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. Well now, oh go ahead. One thing that I'll say about this episode as the penultimate episode of the half season and the second to last episode before the time jump is that the season long decisions to like not invest in or work too hard on certain plot elements are really coming home to roost here. Cause you can tell that the Sarah Emily dance and upcoming betrayal 
they're just not compelling or meaningful or enjoyable in any way. And the lack of effort that's gone into explaining Allison's inexplicable desire to meet her sibling culminates here in a plot line that makes her seem like an absolute fool. Um, In addition to which, like, wouldn't this whole dance be better if the prom were populated by characters who could legit be dead name? Like, Noel and Lucas are name-checked, but we never see them. I just like the idea of all the random suspects dancing around and creating real suspense, uh, which is something that this episode is pretty sorely lacking. Well, and I have to say, I think that the lack of that kind of goes to my theory about them running out of money, that they got like a warehouse full of extras, but they weren't going to pay, you know, Noel Kahn and Jenna and Mona Mona to like be, you know, sneaking around here, uh, which would have, I, abs- I absolutely agree, really would have upped the stakes. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I feel like they probably spent all the budget on this episode on the moms, which I'm not sorry about. I like what's going on with the moms here, but I just feel like the the big dance, uh, it, it feels really generic. You know, I totally agree. And I like what's going on with the moms as well. It's easily the most fun parts of this episode. It is also so much filler. Like yes. the stuff with the moms oh, yes. is just is just oh this will be a fun way to kind of run out the clock in our in our penultimate episode here like it's yeah for sure um, but should we uh, should we dive right in I think we should all right so we begin with this sort of montage one thing about this episode the editing feels a little bit different there's a lot of like one scene kind of leading into another one scene kind of um, like the way one scene ends and the way one scene starts are kind of in conversation with each other. I agree. I think that they're doing that, like they're doing that to create like a sense of motion and momentum yes. and yeah. which otherwise would not exist. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, so all of the moms are explaining to the liars how they can't go to prom Uh, They're kind of alternately like framing it as a blessing. Pam, who looks very glammed up in this sequence, is apologizing to Emily. Uh, Aria refers to the police as the village idiots, which is great. Veronica, unsurprisingly, has the least amount of empathy. She is going to host a gathering at the barn for prom. Uh, Also, by the way, they all can't go to commencement either. Spencer isn't going to be valedictorian, which, you know, I'm so glad that we've spent so much time on that plot point the last few episodes. Uh, Veronica, she says, you know, roll up a rug, open a window. Uh, You guys are going to have your little mini prom, promet, as Spencer will later refer to it, in the barn. Uh, not, Not to any great surprise, Allison is nowhere to be seen in any of this. Right. And we actually, um, like, one question is, is Allison allowed or not allowed to go to the prom? And another question is, is Allison even still going to school? And another question is, Allison isn't a senior, so could she go to prom anyway? I think that they've just decided that Allison is a senior. Oh, interesting. I feel like, because it it feels like that is, like, they've just just aged her, or not even aged her up, but they're just (laughs) like, no, she's a senior now. We don't want to deal with, like, different (laughs) grades. (laughs) I guess so. I guess so. So uh, once we're through, you know, that little opener, the scene shifts to the liars at the brew. Spencer's talking about Veronica stringing twinkly lights on the shower curtain. 
and Hannah is mad. Um, Allison points out that even if they went to the real prom, who would they hang out with besides each other? Uh, Hannah kind of agrees that that's true and everyone would just be staring at them. Uh, Aria points out that they would also not be safe. Uh, they know that dead name has a twisted thing for formals. Uh, everyone asks Aria if she has heard from Clark and if she knows why he met up with Reese, who they currently think is dead name's the number one suspect. Uh, just then, Lorenzo walks in, clearly suffering from uh, extreme man pain. Emily, because the show hates me this week, gets to be the one to reassure Allie that Lorenzo will forgive her. Uh, if it was his sibling on the suspect board, he would have done the same thing. Ugh. Um, Allie excuses herself to go to the bathroom as she's walking away. She gets a text from Deadname saying that she'd better be at prom. It's their last chance to dance. Come alone. And this, of course, leads to Allison looking around somewhat suspiciously, somewhat shiftily. Yeah, and the music keeps singing the phrase, you terrible thing, you terrible thing, in case we didn't get it that Allison is a bad woman who needs to be redeemed by the love of a good man. Ugh, gross. Uh, so Aria is leaving a somewhat frantic message for Clark when Prezra approaches, suggesting that the police should be involved here instead of Aria. Uh, how many of her friends have been connected to, with A, Aria asks, which is like hilarious that she's talking to Prezra, uh, <laughs> you know, number one A suspect for most of season four. Uh, she mentions Andrew, fuck that dude, when Ella walks in with a smile, announcing that Aria won first place with her real photos with from that photo competition. I just, I Ella says this very quickly, but, like, the idea of them being like, so the morgue photos were interesting, but, like, these doll photos, they, they provoke more feeling, I think. Um so this means that Arya is going to get to go to L.A. This internship starts the Monday after school ends. Arya feels like she can't go anywhere until Dead Name is caught. She doesn't want to leave her friends. Arya's parents, Ella and Prezra, try to talk her into living in the moment. Uh, Arya also isn't too delighted by the thought of prom in a barn. But when Ella walks off to get her a sandwich, Prezra comes in with the save. He will gallantly come to, to the barn prom with her to help her feel safe. Also, Arya has an opportunity here to make him dress as a troll, which she doesn't take, which shame on you, Arya. Yeah, leave it to Prezra to invite himself to an event and then act like he's doing you a huge fucking favor about it. Yes. Um, he, you know, it's a really interesting two for one, but of course he manages it. Also, LOL to Ella who in response to Arya's like extremely valid concerns about what it would be like for her to leave while all this is going on, Ella's like, live, laugh, love, eat a sandwich. Um, <laughs> which, yeah, that's, that's, that's Ella. so Ella. That's so Ella. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly it is. Um, so in the, in the uh, chapter of the straights are not okay, um, but neither are the gays because you have an unpleasant scene coming up also. Um, <laughs> we now have Caleb, uh, who is heading to New York to allegedly meet up with his dad, who is building cabinets there for a few days. Um, yeah, that, that is not really tracking. Hannah asks if he wants to come back early so that she doesn't miss the prom. And Caleb, like, totally does not care. He's like, everyone is missing it. You're just hanging out in the barn watching Molly Ringwald movies. And I have contempt for you for being interested in that. 
Um, Hannah is suspicious of his story because he's taking his massive hacking laptop, um, but he gives her a fish story about his dad becoming a techno geek and oh, also one of these cabinets is for electronics equipment, so we need to measure this laptop. Yeah, it's not, it's not really working. Uh, he's not selling a very good story, and Hannah is definitely not buying it. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it is so uncomfortable, the vibe between these two characters in this episode. And like, all through this episode, my note to Hannah and Caleb is like, break up, just break up. Like, <laughs> You guys don't don't really like each other. You don't trust each other. You're in this like weird codependent cycle of like thinking that the other is making dangerous choices and not being honest with you about it. And then like basically almost it's it's like their relationship has become a chess game where each of them are trying to like outmaneuver the other to like in the name of safety. But it's really just because they have utterly stopped communicating with each other in any meaningful way true yes uh and speaking of relationships i guess uh sarah harvey is trying to offer to buy emily something i i'm not sure if this is like a thank you for housing me gift i'm not sure if this is a sorry i like ruined your bike gift i'm not sure if this is a like thank you for helping me like realize that i'm queer gift like it's unclear but sarah harvey wants to get something for emily Emily, Captain Awkward here, just blurts out, will you go to prom with me? Uh, Sarah looks utterly stunned, and Emily stutters about how this is weird and too much pressure. Sarah says that she wants to go to her old school's prom, and Emily quickly lets her off the hook. There is a hand brush, which I think is supposed to pass as romantic, but the music is really doing all of the heavy lifting here. Oh, why would she ask her to prom when it's not even prom? It's barn prom. Like, I really feel like, yeah, this was, (laughs) this was not very smooth, Emily. No, Emily is like, something about Sarah Harvey makes Emily lose every ability to be smooth. I don't know why she's like utterly balanced by this girl. Yeah, I know. Ugh. Ugh, okay. So, Tobey who in this episode is a whole different character than the way he's been written since before he became a cop. Um, I'm not sure. I think maybe his badge was cursed or his little police hat that he's carrying under his arm was a horcrux. I'm not sure. Um, But he's a totally, like, he's a very different character in this episode, which is kind of interesting, but mostly just inconsistent, I would say. Um, Anyway, he's heading into the police station and carrying his little hat that might be a horcrux. When Spencer comes running up, uh, he's heading into a hearing uh, on being suspended from the force, and Spencer has arrived just in time to try to take the responsibility for all of his problems onto herself. He wouldn't have gone to the arcade if not for her. Lorenzo wouldn't have gotten hurt if Toby wasn't stoned, and he wouldn't have been stoned if not for Spencer being so messed up. Spencer wants to throw herself on Tanner's mercy, But Toby is uncharacteristically unmad. He says he went to the arcade, it was his decision, and at least now Deadname knows that they're closing in. Uh, I don't know, is Toby still stoned here? Maybe. Um, But just then, Lorenzo stomps out of the police station, and when Toby asks him how long, Lorenzo says, indefinitely, there has to be a whole investigation. Uh, Spencer again wants to talk to Tanner, and Lorenzo kind of meanly tells her they don't want to hear anything she has to say. 
Toby, again, uncharacteristically, makes a gesture to encourage Lorenzo to back off Spencer. Uh, he leaves, Toby goes in, and promises Spencer that he will call her later. Well, what a, what a nice change of pace. He didn't actually double down on calling Spencer a trash person, and he didn't yell at her even one time. Does Toby have a twin? <laughs> That's so funny that uh, that you felt like he was so like uncharacteristically understanding in this scene because I thought he just seemed like a tired, disappointed dad to Spencer mm. in this scene. And uh, my note on this scene at the end is everyone hates Spencer, but at least she's wearing a cute sweater. Uh, the way that she just races up to him at the beginning of this scene, though, is really something. Yeah, I I feel like Spencer is just like. Like, you were talking about Hannah and Caleb and how they should break up. And, like, Spencer and Toby, their whole dynamic in this episode is Spencer just, like, just, like, constantly walking around talking about what a trash person she is. Yeah. And Toby just, like, nominating himself for sainthood for still being with her, um, which I also don't think is, like, a functional, sustainable, or healthy dynamic, in my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. And uh, speaking of bad boyfriends, uh, Hannah feels the need to call Caleb's dad to get a straight answer on where her boyfriend is and what he is doing since he refuses to talk to her. Uh, Yeah, this is like, you know, why be with someone who hates you and who you don't trust? Uh, Emily is kind of being her sounding board here. Hannah goes outside to talk to Caleb's dad. Uh, Just then, Ashley comes in with a necklace that she wore to her own prom that she wants to give to Hannah. Emily grouses about how they won't be wearing their dresses. Uh, She kind of, she makes a point about like, you know, there are going to be splinters in their butts. And Ashley is like, honey, this is a Hastings barn. There will be no splinters (laughs) in anyone's butts. Uh, She asks Emily why Caleb isn't coming. And Emily sort of gives a non-answer about how everybody is kind of scattered right now. Ashley encourages Emily to try and feel beautiful at their prom, considering that so much has been taken from them. I do really love the Ashley-Emily chats. Uh, Hannah comes in with the announcement that Caleb isn't in New York and he must be trying to track A down solo. She tries to call him once again to no avail. I think that Ashley is making a great point about how they've been robbed of so much. They should get to wear fancy dresses and feel beautiful. Great argument, Ashley. Would have been good of you to make that to the school board. (laughs) (laughs) Fair point. Uh, So as we're watching Hannah try to get through to Caleb uh, on his phone, we see another cell phone ringing. And Allison answers a call from a blocked number. No one speaks, but she assumes that it's dead name. She tells them that she can't go to the school prom. She won't be there. Please, speak to her! The call disconnects, and she catches sight of a hooded figure darting past the living room window. And uh, where are the police? Aren't there supposed to be police, like, surrounding (laughs) her house? Oh, my God. Since you mentioned that, I am just going to use this time to talk a little bit about all the things the police sitting in front of the De Laurentiis and Hastings house miss in this episode. Because remember, they're in front of Spencer's house and they're in front of Allison's house. So they miss A, running past the living room window here at this time. Uh, Mm -hmm. They are later going to miss Allison 
running off into the night and not going to the barn, but going to the prom instead, they miss the hooded red caped figure who is chasing Allison as she does that. So they miss both of those. Uh, They miss the moms getting drunk and breaking into the De Laurentiis house uh, and getting locked in the basement. They apparently let Reese Matthews, who is like the number one A suspect who looks exactly like a lost De Laurentiis, they just like let him into the De Laurentiis house without any questions or a buy your leave or anything. And let's not forget, they, they missed the liars leaving the barn and en masse going to, we, we know that the liars are not like especially sneaky. Like they, they were wearing like the big dresses and everything. They missed all of them going off, going to the prom. And then let's not forget that the reason Kenneth is not in the house is because Charlotte has kidnapped both him and Jason by the end of this episode. So the cops also miss both of them being kidnapped, dragged out of the home, shoved into a car trunk and transported to Radley. Yeah, they are uh, they're really living up to Arya's description as the village idiots here. I mean, they're just doing a bang up job. It's funny that they even like why even have why even include the line that the cops are outside? You know, like it's a great question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is that is an impressive list. That is like, yeah, that is that is shooting the moon right there. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I mean, really, like a just running by a window. They're probably, Good point. They probably just like they probably just wrote it down in their logbook. Like, mom, nine fifteen, hooded figure at window. <laughs> Eight. Ate some M and M's. Nine fifteen, possible A sighting. Gonna turn on some music now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So over at the brew, Spencer has called a meeting with Lorenzo, and this is the scene that you had mentioned last week, and I had hoped in my mind that maybe. You know, maybe it didn't play out exactly as you thought that maybe it was like, uh, you know, the the mind making things worse than they actually are. No, 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 that is unfortunately not the case. Lorenzo is here. He's very salty with Spencer, but she is here for Allison. She understands why he's angry, but Allison just didn't think it through. He says that all he's heard is that Allie is a master manipulator. And good sir, let me say to you that that was old pre-Blueberry Allie. You have nothing (laughs) to worry about this current incarnation. He gave her a chance, which reminded me of the uh, the Kenneth line to Hannah. You gave her hope uh, from like way back in like season two or three. Spencer says that she knows how he feels. She too was in love with Allison De Laurentiis and she's been used and abused (laughs) by that girl. But Allison has changed. She's boring now. (laughs) Spencer tells Lorenzo that Allison needs him because she's never had anyone like him in her own life. Someone who saw something that was vulnerable and genuine. And what is that sound that we can hear? It is all of the Emerson fans. Except Emily! Howling at the moon like a pack of very, very angry gay wolves. Oh, oh my God. This feels pointed to Emerson shippers. It really does. Uh, she asks if there is any way that Lorenzo could forgive Allison. Not yet, he grouses. She invites him to the promet. 
And I feel like there is a thing here, like, you know how we've been sort of doing like a little bit of like story rehab on a lot of these storylines of like, man, if they told the story this way, it might have some emotional resonance. So here I feel like there's a thing about Spencer feeling irredeemable in the eyes of Toby and needing Lorenzo to be, or needing Allison to be redeemed in the eyes of Lorenzo. But again, like all of the angles are wrong. And so nothing is really getting through. Yes, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And I think that character note on Spencer does make it a bit more interesting. Um, But as I was watching this scene between Spencer and Lorenzo, I was really thinking like, this was a time, like this was a time when I shipped Emerson, like probably the hardest, like this was like the height of my my Emerson feelings and I'm like what did this half season give me like really nothing like yeah oh man this was this was rough this is rough rough stuff oh so the moms are inside the Hastings house eating seafood and talking about whether Pam was able to get any info from the cops on duty outside in exchange for a cookie Huh. There is a sound like thunder that is actually Hannah parking. And then Veronica starts them all on the wonderful path of getting totally sloshed with the tactic of offering them all wine, which they hilariously refuse initially and then agree to since it's open. <laughs> yeah. And immediately we can tell what the vibe of the mom storyline is going to be because like, These moms have jokes. There's like kicky music in the background. There's wine being poured. Like all of the mom stuff almost feels like it was plucked from like the alternate timeline sitcom episode that sitcom like that. It seems like PLL has sort of slowly been morphing into this season. Agree. This is like the backdoor mom pilot. (laughs) I'd watch it. I would too. Uh, Meanwhile, Allison in her prom dress Uh, is walking through the suddenly very stormy Hastings backyard. Uh, She waves at Pam. We see that somebody in a red cloak is watching her through the bushes. And as soon as Pam turns away, distracted by wine, Allison darts away from the barn and seems to disappear into the woods. Yes, the red-caped figure follows. Yes, of course. Oh, so in the barn, uh, Prezra is taking a picture of the liars on his cell in addition to, like, the five cameras he probably has on them right now, um, you know, as to your theory that they were low on money this season, these looks that the liars are wearing are not on par with most of the liars' big costume events, I feel. Um, yeah. Spencer is wearing a sleeveless blue-black velvet dress with a high neck and Wonder Woman-type metal bracelets. Uh, she's also clutching her side here as if she's just run a mile. Um <laughs> Her her dress looks the most like something that a human person might wear to a formal event. And she's also the only liar without a wild hair accoutrement of some kind. Um, Emily is wearing a dress that has blocky shoulders, but tons of cleavage on display. Uh, it's mostly black, but with beige and brown patches that give it a very animal skins found in the forest kind of look. Uh, she has a headpiece crown and neck jewelry combos it looks like it's made out of like dark metallic poison berries um (laughs) it is a queer look but more in the sense of odd and inexplicable (laughs) rather than gay um hannah 
has a sheer white skirt that hits right on the line between floaty and slightly puffy uh, with a gold metallic cleaved together bodice. Uh, This isn't so much flattering or unflattering, but it's not the kind of fashion look that we're used to from Hannah, uh, especially as it's finished off with a hair braid crown and an unreasonably large hair bow. And then finally, we have Aria, who made such a big deal about her dress reveal last week. And honestly, for a girl who has a skull jacket in her closet, this is positively uninspired. Uh, It is a tight blue crop top and a colorful, busy floral pattern skirt. There is a leather belt that does look like it was probably crafted by alien warlord belly dancers. But (laughs) other than that, the main point of note is her small red hair bow. Um, now, because it's a fairy tale theme, apparently Spencer's look is inspired by the Little Mermaid. Gay. Emily is the evil queen from Snow White. Gay. Hannah is Rapunzel and Arya is Snow White. Um, Emily's costume for sure translates as like some kind of darkly regal something. Um, but Arya is actually the only one who I think you could look at and maybe understand as Snow White. Which is also a problem because Arya is the least likely to go with a literal interpretation of (laughs) anything. Uh, Also, Allison is maybe Belle from Beauty and the Beast, but that seems to be mostly so she can wear the most yellow tank top prom dress in (laughs) existence. Um, So that's my rundown of the liar's wardrobes. I, I just don't feel like these looks are totally up to par. And I'm so disappointed uh, that I was able to describe Arya's look in, like, actual, like, English language words. <laughs> that is that is such a letdown to me. First of all, hats off. Uh, fancy, weird, mystical little hats off to you for <laughs> those those great descriptions. Um, I agree that these are, like, these are some boring looks. I think... I feel like Hannah, I would say Hannah is best dressed, but like it's, it's by a, by a thin margin. Like none of them, none of them are blowing me out of the water here. Uh, I think, I think the thing that I like about Hannah's look is she has these like tall gold boots on, which I think are kind of an interesting footwear choice with the rest of her look. But like, yeah, it's, it's everything needed like another pass. Everything needed to be like zhuzhed up a little bit more. Um, also, as Prezor is taking pictures, he has a line here. Did you write down the line that he has here? He says to the liars, don't talk, just smile, which I thought was a very interesting line from our favorite, least favorite teacher stalker man. Um, also, Toby is hanging a hilariously tiny disco ball and is apparently unable to call in any favors regarding Caleb because none of the other cops like him anymore. He swears that he knows nothing. Yeah. Uh, the whole, like, the whole thing with this fake prom, like, so even though it's a fake prom, all of the liars have gone with their fairy tale outfits anyway. And yet the guys can just wear regular suits. Oh, also, I really feel like when we get to the prom later, uh, the liars are really the only people who took like the fairy tale note as like the theme. Maybe because they weren't actually invited. They didn't get the memo that like no one else was doing it. Um, But yeah, everybody else seems to be dressed just like you would at a regular prom. My one of my and this also I think goes to the lack of budget thing like one of my favorite details of this episode is like 
the very stupid, like generic prom music that's playing <laughs> in the background every time they cut to prom later in this episode. Yes, yes, a great point. Uh, so on the back porch of the Hastings house, the moms continue to drink and start talking shit about the De Laurentiis family. How could they have kept one of their children a secret for so long? How could Jessica have been visiting them at Radley while telling Kenneth they were dead? Lying is like oxygen to them, Veronica insists dramatically, filling her own wine glass and then pouring some more for Ashley and Ella. Look how Jason didn't even know he wasn't Kenneth's. Oops, she spilled, she says. Ella takes a beat and then gives a deadpan. Not enough. Oh, moms, never change. All of the mom dialogue is, like, almost to the point of, like, being written by, like, a Catskills comedian, I feel like. Like, it is very, like, it is very, like, jokey in a way that PLL dialogue very, very rarely is. I like it. I Don't get me wrong. It's a lot of fun. But it's, like, really jarring to go from, like, you know, these these intense whispered conversations about dead name to, like, <laughs> the moms, like, making puns with each other. I totally agree. One of the things that I like about the moms getting totally drunk, like we've seen Ashley and Ella interact quite a bit before. Like we saw them having gay tea uh, in the, in a recent episode. Um, But I feel like uh, you definitely get the sense that like the moms are not as comfortable around Veronica, like whether it's Veronica is like a high powered attorney or whether it's because Veronica is like, old money or like just because Veronica is like the adult version of Spencer and they're like somewhat intimidated by that. Like, and and you also get the idea that Pam does not hang out with other moms often. Uh, So I like, I like that like those dynamics are present, but they're being like, they're, they're being smoothed over by the fact that they're just getting so drunk very quickly. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like the the intimacy factor has been upped between them with the help of of some Cabernet here. Uh, so we kind of get some more shots of the liars. Uh, well, th- we see the liars kind of moving around the barn, so we get more shots of the barn, which is going to be a major location post time jump. And we see that it is enormous and so, so fancy. Like, Spencer had made a big deal about how none of them were going to fit in there. The barn is huge. Like, I totally get that it's disappointing to spend their prom there. But, like, ladies, you are you are not in, like, a little tent. You are in a big, beautiful Hastings barn. Uh, Aria sees a notification on Prezra's phone about a flight to L.A. She looks rather concerned. But before she can really process that, Emily comes up with the news via social media that Noel took Bridget Wu to prom. She's 85% tequila and her dress is on backwards. Allie would love to see that. But where is Allie? (laughs) Yeah, Emily shrugs off the question. You know, she likes to make an entrance. Um, I am really bummed by the fact that we don't even get to see this picture. It's just like a blurry image of some girl with her arms up above her head. Rude. Rude. They didn't have the budget. They didn't have, you know what? Bridget Wu demands the big bucks and they did not have it. Goodness. I did not like that at all. Also, to your note on the barn, the barn is so nice. If I were Spencer, I'd want to live in the barn too. You know why? The barn has lighting. The barn has, like, a fireplace and overhead lights, something that the Hastings house, for all their money, 
it just seems to be like dark and cavernous all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's very charming. Yes. So Allison, who Emily thinks just wants to make an entrance, is making an entrance at the prom. She is standing on a footbridge. Uh, We're going to see a lot of that. Um, Watching regular people dancing without a care in the world. Uh, She catches sight of a red cloaked guest and kind of like runs after them a little bit. Unfortunately, there are like 90 zillion people in red cloaks because it seems like the people who are like milling about the prom, like with trays of drinks or hors d'oeuvres are all wearing like these red cloaks and then like some type of mask. Um, As Allie is following that red cloaked person, uh, the red cloaked devil horned costume wearer who has been following her uh, continues to follow her and they both run right past Clark who is randomly taking pictures of this prom. And you know what we don't know is whether Allison even like has any awareness that Clark exists or like who Clark is or any of that. No, I don't. I don't think that we do. I don't think that she does. Yeah. Yeah. She's been, she's been fairly disconnected of late. Uh, So back at the barn, the boys are badly attempting to make commentary on the outfits. Like, they should not even be here. Like, they clearly don't know who any of these people are or, like, have any of the right things to say. We do learn uh, there's a little bit of chatter about Lucas took Jenna to prom. Uh, They're holding hands. No, she's tipping him. She thinks he's her Uber driver. Again, we don't actually get to see any of these photos. Uh, then they scroll and the next photo is of a couple in, in the foreground and in the background, Allison perfectly framed, looking like she's on the cover of a mystery novel. They quickly deduce that a lured her there. Uh, and you know, it seems pretty clear that they are going to go after her to which I say, why even go with this aborted prom thing? If they're all going to end up there anyway, that's a great question. Also, I, Really, I really enjoyed the line here where Spencer says that, you know, misgendered pronoun must have lured her there. And Toby replies, who did? Why is she there? I mean, God, <laughs> how, how did the Rosewood PD let this guy get away? <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's so clear in all of this that, like, the guys are so deeply unhelpful here. <laughs> like... Not only has this whole half season been about the fact that the police are apparently closing in on dead name, like the police who Toby was a part of until like earlier in this episode. Um, but also like the whole series thus far has been about a, who is constantly trying to do these types of things to the liars, but like, you know, Toby, he left his brain in his special frosty, the snowman police hat. Uh, and so now it's just like, who, what, what's happening? What's going on? Yeah, exactly. So the moms are no longer upright. They are drunkenly sitting on the porch. Um, have you seen the memes about bisexuals not being able to sit in chairs properly? <laughs> no idea what made that come to mind right now. Nope, nope. Um, Ashley is sorry they made Veronica tell the sordid story about Peter and Jessica. Um, Ella commiserates because her husband is a cheating dog as well. Um, Veronica laments that she can't spend time out here in her yard anymore because that patch of dirt over there is where the dog dug her up. <laughs> Yikes. 
Um, Veronica <laughs> heads back in, probably to get more wine. Uh, there's a brief mention of checking on the girls, but Ashley is sure they're fine. And what they should do is go check on their host, drunken Veronica Hastings. Yeah, I like how the supposedly their whole reason for all being here is so that they can all be close to the liars. And it's like, no, 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 no. Veronica Hastings has gotten drunk and we need to we need to deal with her sullen ass. And uh, our girls, our girls will fend for themselves. <laughs> uh, so now the liars have arrived at prom. They all stand on the platform and stare out at the crowd Nobody is stopping them. There will be one sort of half-assed attempt in a few minutes to stop Aria, but like we, we didn't, we don't even get a scene of them like having to, you know, sneak in a back entrance or anything. You know, like it's so like, like why make this whole big to do about how they're they can't go? Also, props to A for having bought their tickets to this prom weeks ago. Apparently, you can just like cash in at the door because none of the liars were like allowed to buy tickets or anything i'm sure allison didn't buy a ticket in advance but here they all are just crashing the prom like it's nobody's business well it's so funny because later like they'll reference the other rooms in this building and like i think toby refers to like check the kitchens and it's like oh wouldn't it have been fun if we had a scene where they had to like smuggle in in a cater on a catering cart or something like (laughs) that would have been fun but no um yeah this episode has just set up an obstacle that does not end up mattering in the least um aria spots clark who acts like it's just no big deal that he's taking pictures here his line of defense is just i'm just gonna act like you're the weirdo for questioning me yes i'm a college-aged man who suddenly appears and maybe has family in baltimore or maybe doesn't know what parents are but it's not weird that i'm taking pictures at your high school's prom it's weird that you're asking me about it um Before he can really get into his story about how someone from the prom committee hired him and how he didn't want to rub it in Arya's face that he got to be here, uh, and before she can really uh, get into her explanation about how she saw, they saw uh, him at the doll factory, the teacher, who I believe is Mrs. Horowitz, uh, comes right over and suggests to Arya that she and her pals find the exit. Yeah, this is... This is like a very half-hearted attempt at getting the liars to leave. It's the only thing anyone says to any of them. Yes. Um, And they're not even wearing masks. Like, they're extremely recognizably the liars. Um, I know. It's ridiculous. And they're not even, like, hiding behind. Like, we don't even get a funny scene of them, like, hiding behind a giant tree or anything. No, no. Um, So the other liars are still in the process of looking around. Allison is also there. She is also looking around, but from a different area. Uh, She gets a text message that says, don't look for a wolf. Red is enough. Time is running out. Um, Spencer spots Allison and leads the gang towards where she was standing just a moment ago. But, oh, Allie has started following yet another red-caped reveler and so is no longer there when they arrive. If this does not sound very compelling, like... Basically, it's like someone is standing here. Other people are standing there. They go try to stand over there, but that person is left. That is <laughs> that is like an accurate feeling of what it is like to watch the scene. 
Yeah, there's a reason that it doesn't sound compelling. It's because it isn't. Uh, also, I just took the note, like, I don't think this Allison is capable of deciphering riddles, A. Eh? Like, you might need to dumb this down a little more. I, like, I briefly at one time was, like, trying to, like, map out in my head. And I was thinking about drawing it on paper, like, what do I think the layout of this room is? Like, where is the footbridge? Where is the maze? Where is the cave area that seems to have multiple entrances and exits? Where do I think the kitchens and the coat check are? But I don't think, I think it's actually, this is like a portal to, to like Ravenswood. Um, because like, there isn't really like, none of this is really fixed. We're basically like running around in like the movable forest, uh, essentially. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. Uh, so back on the better show, uh, Veronica is drunk and not listening su- to suggestions that she should eat something. Uh, she starts ranting about how it's not enough that Jessica tried to steal her husband. Now her child buried her in the yard next to Veronica's lilacs. I thought they were azaleas. Uh, there is the second use of the word freak in this episode to refer to A. Just great, great work. Great work writing team here. Uh, then Pam suggests that maybe somebody else buried Jessica, like Ken, perhaps. The moms kind of bat around various theories about why that might have happened, revenge, so Peter would find the body. But Veronica grabs her keys and announces that maybe we should ask him. She heads off to talk to Ken, and the other moms follow behind, though Pam makes sure to gulp more wine before she goes. And I feel like there's kind of a cute thing in this episode that, like, Pam is probably more of a lightweight than the other moms because it seems like she gets much more drunk much more quickly, which I found very cute. I agree. I like the, I mean, I agree. It's just total filler. Um, But I like the way the moms are like basically the adult versions of their daughters. Like now it's, now it's like Pam floating a theory out of nothing but the ether and Veronica (laughs) being like, yes, we will go and we will interrogate someone immediately uh, because we have decided that this theory must be the truth. Um, Yeah, good times. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun. (laughs) So Allison is heading for the cave slash labyrinth area of the prom, uh, which, you know, is apparently standard at every Rosewood dance. Um, And she is then intercepted by the liars. So a ton of time in this episode is like the liars are looking for Allison, but periodically the liars catch Allison and then it just starts all over again. Like that doesn't lead to any resolution. So here is the first time we've caught Allison, uh, but Allison is not interested in talking about her plans or her sibling. She knows what she's doing and she doesn't want them to uh, scare a off like they did at the arcade. Now, that's interesting. Isn't Allison the one who called the police that night? Is anyone in the writer's room paying attention anymore? Uh, Anyway, she rushes off and the liars just kind of stare at each other uh, before they decide to follow her some more. Uh, (laughs) All that is except Emily, who has just caught sight of Sarah fucking Harvey. And so now we have to deal with that. (laughs) Yes, Sarah Harvey is here. 
Uh, Emily is very surprised to see her. Sarah says that she was at her her other prom, but this is where she belongs at Rosewood High, the school that I didn't know she was even enrolled in. I guess I guess it's that she just needs to be with Emily. And she somehow knew that Emily would be here because when she went to the barn, she figured out that this is the only place Emily would be. And also, why is it that these girls suddenly can't like have no use of their phones in this episode? I have a lot of questions. And anyway, she didn't want the night to pass without at least one great dance with Emily. Ugh. And also yuck. Uh, I think it's really funny. Like we had a moment earlier with with Aria and Clark where she's like, you don't even go here. You're in college. And now we have like another like Sarah Harvey doesn't go to this school. Anyone can come to prom. Liars who are banned due to security reasons. Um you know, they're, they're sociopathic stalkers. Yes, they can come. Uh, also, people who don't go here, like undercover cops and randos from another school. Yep, yep. All are welcome. Yeah, I, I really am curious what the, like, ticket booth outside situation looks like at, at this prom. Yes, yes, I agree. Neither Spencer nor Mona was in charge of it, unfortunately. Clearly, it, it shows. It shows. <laughs> I think even Aria would have run a tighter ship. Ooh, that is a harsh <laughs> criticism right there. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying Aria it. would Aria would have like she would have been so disorganized that like no one would have gotten in to the dance. So in that way, I think you are right. <laughs> it might have been better. <laughs> oh my gosh. So the moms. They have infiltrated the dealer at his house, despite the cop cars presumably stationed in front of Spencer's house, as well as Allison's. Veronica shouts drunkenly for Kenneth. Um, fortunately, the cops are out of hearing range, as well as sight. Um, she hollers for Kenneth. She has a question for him. Um, she's just yelling that she has a question. I kind of wish that she were actually yelling like, did you bury Jessica in my yard? <laughs> But she, like, you know, that just leaves it to our imagination. Um, the moms discuss the door being open, Kenneth's car being there, uh, Pam not wanting her fingerprints on anything. Uh, they see an envelope of police evidence and find the eternal press still photo of Jessica with the kids at the apple farm. But just then, gasp! They turn around and find themselves face-to-face -face with Reese Matthews who has also gained entry to the house, despite the really excellent job that those cops out front seem <laughs> to be doing. Yeah, and Ashley narrows her eyes as though to communicate, have I slept with you? <laughs> or could I or sleep could with I? you? <laughs> has it already happened or could it happen tonight? Or <laughs> how would exactly. you feel about Ella Montgomery being <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, on the alert, for sure. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, meanwhile, at prom, Allison charges through more red-cloaked, masked people. Spencer grabs her arm, saying that if they scared A off, that is a gift. Allie insists that she needs to meet her sibling. Spencer tells her not to follow her worst instincts. And Allie snaps that Spencer doesn't get it. She never understood her or even liked her. Allie says that she needs to look her sibling in the eye and ask what made them hate her. Spencer 
lets her go in and it's unclear whether Spencer is like stunned into silence and letting her go or is like Allie has like gotten through to her in some way. And so Spencer is letting her go because of that. Uh, what did you make of this episode that is mostly filler, like having this moment at the center of it? Um, I mean, I think that what Allison is saying here is entirely wrongheaded and exactly why Allison should be in therapy. Um, but also, <laughs> like, I, I think that it's, I, I don't, I don't love it because Spencer and Toby in this episode are doing this dance of like, oh, Spencer is such a trash person, but I, the white knight, choose to love her anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I feel like you're right that there is some like recognition between Spencer and Allison of like other people aren't going to necessarily understand what we do. Like, but I just feel like, I, I just feel like um, after everything that they've been through, seeing Allison resort to hurting Spencer in this way and hurting her on purpose, um, it, it feels really out of place, especially because she's doing it in service of like getting to see dead name. And just like that whole thing as being Allie's primary motivation here, like let's review the things that Allison knows about dead name. They kidnapped her friends and kept them in an underground bunker for months. Uh, They kidnapped Mona, leading to Allison's arrest and life sentence in prison. Um, They may have killed Jessica. Uh, So let's just weigh all of that against sharing the the icing on your cake as a child and just see where we end up here. Like, why? Why, why, why is Allison just so dead set? on meeting them. Yeah. Great question. Great question. And I also like, this is, I hate to, I feel like I'm being such a broken record here. This is yet another thing though, where I feel like if this storyline had been given more time, if there had been more sort of direct or indirect conflicts between Spencer and Allison, since Allison came back, you know, um, if like that had been more of a through line this season. I think that this might hold more weight, but it really hasn't been like Spencer's just basically been like uh, Allison's, you know, romantic consultant here and there throughout the season. And it just feels like a weird moment to throw in here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially because Allison has been so disconnected from the liars that giving us this moment of like acting like she and Spencer still have the same connection that they did it's it's weird and it's off and this is yet another moment of like the liars or one of the liars catches allison and then allison runs away again like it just keeps happening yeah yeah it is it's it's second verse same as the first this whole whole episode Yeah. yeah um let's see so oh so it's me Uh, So Hannah is standing in front of a fake moon and someone grabs her from behind. Always a great thing to do uh, to your girlfriend who has like a stalker who has kidnapped her recently. Um, It's Caleb looking like a ship steward slash wealthy yachtsman in a white jacketed suit. Um, Hannah wants an explanation He just wants to dance. He (laughs) promises he'll tell her what he was doing in New York afterwards. 
Yeah, it's first of all, he looks ridiculous in this outfit. Um, but yeah, it's such a like I, I just I said she's not dancing with him. He says, Oh yes, she is. He refuses to tell her anything. I hate him. Like I just the way that <laughs> the way that he's like sort of like Hannah has been freaking out for the last 24 hours, not knowing where he is. And he is just so like smug and smiley here as he's like, No, you will do what I say, little girl, because I'm not giving you any choice. He, he kind of looks like this is like um this is like a really old reference but he kind of looks like Ricardo Monteblon on Fantasy Island like <laughs> yeah. that's that's kind of the look he has with this this white suit situation. Yes, yes, agreed. Agreed. Uh, so back over at the De Laurentiis house, Reese asks if any of them are part of the De Laurentiis family. And Ella, proving that she is, in fact, Arya's mother, asks, is he? Veronica <laughs> identifies herself as the neighbor. And what business does Reese have being here? He expositions quickly that he's from the Karasimi group and has questions for Kenneth, but he will come back another time. Once he leaves, Ashley quickly fills them in about the whole Karasimi group connection. Uh, wondering whether there's a connection with Char or with Deadname, and Ella announces that she thinks that they have, in fact, met Deadname. Yes. Um, now, the drunk moms are really fun, but I'm going to suggest that if you think you just met Deadname, you should really alert your previously kidnapped daughters, who you believe are currently partying in the nearby barn. Yeah. Yeah. You totally agree. Um, also, I really love the way that Veronica acts like she has standing there. She's like, well, I'm the neighbor. I mean, granted, I've just broken into his home to accuse him of murdering his wife, but I'm the neighbor. And what are you doing here? Um, although, I mean, I guess she has as much standing as anybody. Like Reese's, like Reese's explanation that he had some questions. And so he's shown up like late at night at Kenneth's home, having let himself in. Um, does seem very suspicious indeed. And isn't the explanation for this that Charlotte just like told him to come there just to like freak out the moms or something? I don't remember if we ever get an explanation for this. I kind okay. of I kind of felt like maybe we don't. Well, I, we never see Reese again, right? I don't think that we ever do. I could be wrong about that, but I I think this pretty much concludes his time. Yeah, this is, the... this is this is the end of the Reese arc. Yes, yes. Um, so Arya and Prezra are having a spy game slow dance of keeping one eye on Allie and the other on Clark. Uh, Arya is suddenly really weirded out by Clark. Uh, it happened It happened fast, but now she's like, oh, he's so weird. What's he doing here? And so now Prezra opts to play devil's advocate and suggests that maybe he's really here as a legit photographer Nothing wrong with an older man wanting to take a bunch of pictures of teenage girls now, is there? Uh, no, nothing at all. I love that. I feel like they're kind of doing this like um, like spy versus spy kind of thing of like dancing and spying at the same time. Also, like poor Allison, she was just taken to walking up to random people and asking if they're dead name. Like that's oh, yeah. that's that's how she's investigating. <laughs> Oh my god, that was so dumb that I didn't even write it down. Like, it's getting sad. It is officially <laughs> getting sad, I think. And like, that that was like a guy who was wearing like a porcupine mask. Yeah, yeah. 
And he clearly, like, he clearly was like, oh, my God, Alison De Laurentiis is talking to me. You know? <laughs> oh, it's bad. Um, so, meanwhile, Spencer and Toby are dancing together. Uh, she is stewing over Allison's comment about Spencer not liking her. Toby grumbles about how Allie hasn't always been easy to like. And Spencer gives a brief thesis statement, which feels like a thing that one of the writers like tacked up on the wall at the beginning of the season and was like, this is a theme we have to have one of the liars express at some point, which is that they missed out on their high school career by trying to solve the mystery of Allison. Toby asks if this was her speech. Spencer says that she doesn't want to think about the speech. I think it's really rude to say that they missed out on their high school experience trying to solve the mystery of Allison. Like, they missed out on their high school experience because they were being, like, stalked and terrorized by A. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Oh, rude. <clears throat> so, on to the next slow dance. Sarah and Emily are slow dancing. <laughs> and Sarah wants Emily to know that whatever happens, Emily means a lot to her. Emily, because, like... Her IQ has also dropped 50 points in this episode, has no follow-up questions whatsoever, despite the, like, clearly ominous, like, foreboding of, like, whatever happens, I just want you to know. Like, I cannot imagine someone saying that to me, and my first question not being like, well, what do you think is going to happen? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. When when I inevitably betray you in five minutes, remember how fun this dance is. But also, so this is a question that I have. I mean, I don't really care at all about these two characters, but I feel like we've gone back and forth on like, what is Sarah Harvey's deal? What are we supposed to think is her deal? I do think we are supposed to perceive this as sincere, that like Sarah knows that she is going to betray all of them. Uh, And she's known it all along, but like she is taking this moment to say like, Emily, I do have my, my feelings for you uh, as your sentient sleeve of stale crackers. It was real. Well, and I mean, she's going to have that, that line where she's like, I tried to keep you safe, which I think is like her way of saying basically like it was real. Some part of it was real. But this is I where, mean, like, it was all very dull, but some of it may have also been real. <laughs> real dull, maybe. Uh, but this is where, this is where also, like, revealing earlier that Sarah is bad would have served this better. Because, like, it wouldn't have been the audience being 12 steps ahead of Emily. I mean, it, like, we would have been kind of in on it. And so it would have been maybe hit harder Emotionally, if these are two characters had any chemistry or any, you know, anything, anything beyond stale crackers. Uh, so Aria, who I feel is quickly becoming the MV- MVP of this episode, tells Prezra that she doesn't want him to follow her to L.A. She needs to go alone. She blurts out that she saw the thing on his phone about how he's flying through L.A. And he says that it is a connecting flight because he is going to Thailand. He is not following her to L.A., but he's not sticking around either. She encourages him to move on. Uh, he It says he is going off to Habitat for Humanity. They agree that change can be good for them both. My question here is, 
Do you think that the writers had decided at this point that they were going to be Endgame? Because there almost is a vibe here. This feels like the last moment where it's like, maybe these two characters won't get back together. Uh, I would have really liked it. I, like, I spent so much of this episode rooting for the other couples to break up that it feels really nice to kind of think that maybe Prezra and Arya actually will. It's a sad state of affairs when Prezria are the healthiest relationship in an episode, but they really are. It Yes, it's very true. She seems extremely glad that he's going to be on the other side of the planet, and he seems to really be looking forward to going to Thailand, which I'm sure has no connection whatsoever to him being a pedophile. <laughs> yeah, I had that thought, too. I was like, you guys really went with Thailand, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. That is a not-so-subtle dog whistle, I feel. Yep, yep, I agree. <clears throat> so Spencer is now telling Toby about her speech how it was about having someone in your life to inspire you, to set the bar high and expect you to always do the right thing, but also forgive you when you don't. Blah, blah, blah. Wind beneath my wings. He acts like, oh, your mom would be so moved. And Spencer's like, I wrote it about my wife, Hannah. Wait, (laughs) no. She says she wrote it about him, which is very confusing. But he takes it as his absolute due um, because, again, their relationship is now, you know, based on Spencer acting like she is not worthy to receive him and him saying, you know, but if I say the word, you will be healed. Uh, Anyway, they kiss for 14 whole seconds, during which they completely lose sight of Allison. Yeah, I, I, I love how this brief speech is just full of things that are, like, bad and not true. Because, like, first of all, just, like, unconditionally supporting someone when they lie to you is not, like, automatically the sign of a healthy relationship. Also, LOL at Spencer's being, like, and then not resent them for it. Who is, like, the most resentful character on this show? Toby <laughs> Kavanaugh. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it like it acts like like she is writing the speech about the Toby that Toby imagines himself to be. Yeah. Which is really, really different from like the Toby who has been interacting with her for like the last two seasons. Well, it makes it clear that the Toby that Toby thinks he is is the Toby that the writers think they're writing Toby as. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. You know. Uh, so the liar moms are sort of <laughs> fiddling through plenty of old photos over at the De Laurentiis house, trying to find more proof that would link Reese with the De Laurentiis family. Uh, Pam thinks that they should go to the cops, but a thump in the basement distracts all of them. Veronica declares that Kenneth must be hiding down there. They all walk down into the basement and then, would you believe it, the door slams and locks shut. The moms yell for someone to open the door. Oh, liar moms, you're in it now. (laughs) Oh, this is like, this is like what has happened to the liars 100 times. You walk through into a place and then the door slams behind you and oh no, you're trapped. The, The moms don't even know how lucky they have it. There aren't even any animals down there that are about to attack them. I mean, come on. I know, I know. Not a not a horse, not a raccoon. Like they're they're in they're no in bees. <laughs> no like weird masks or like dresses that they're being forced to put on. Like 
Oh, my goodness. At the prom, Allison sees another red hooded cloak and follows it. I wish we got the scene where, like, Allison just keeps following these servers back into the kitchen. And so she, like, follows them and follows them. And it's like, oh, no, they're just getting more d'oeuvres. And then she, like, goes back <laughs> out and tries to, like, follow another red cloaked person. And it's like, oh, no, they're getting more waters. No. And, like, meanwhile, A is, like, watching and getting really annoyed. Um, but so she's following another red cloak. Hannah and Caleb talk. And it turns out that he went to New York to get a job. He's going to work as an information risk analyst and keep the hackers out for a company so big and so secret that he can't even say the name. But he'll make enough money to live in New York and pay Hannah's tuition. This is really something that partners should talk about. But Hannah is pleased and they kiss. Uh, she's happy it has nothing to do with A. And Caleb says, only with getting away from them. This is like one of, of the weirdest like television tropes that happens. Like on Gilmore Girls, when Luke buys that whole ass house and doesn't tell Lorelai, like there are just some things that you really ought to talk about with your partner and major life changes such as this should be one of them. Yes, totally agree. Totally agree. Also, you know, you have talked a lot about this whole idea, like money doesn't matter on PLL. And this is yet another example of that where it's just like, <laughs> oh, so there was all this, you know, kerfuffle about how are Ashley and Hannah going to pay for college without the Karasimi tuition. And now it's like, oh, Caleb's gotten this magical job that's going to pay for an apartment in New York and all of Hannah's college tuition. Like, is he suddenly Bill Gates or something? Like, what is the deal here? Yeah, like, how much money do you have to pay to have, like, an apartment for the two of them to live in in New York plus all of Hannah's tuition? Like, it really seems like that is quite a job for a guy who did not graduate from high school. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's, like, suddenly, he's, like, suddenly Elon Musk or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, he's dressed like him. Uh, so the moms are trying to figure a way out of the basement. They are concerned that Reese has locked them in and is on his way over to the liars. Of course, no one brought a phone. Uh, Ella starts fiddling with something again, very much like Aria would. And a light suddenly drops, leaving them in darkness. Yeah, this is just like, of course, of course, of course, like none of them have their phones. Of course, the police outside cannot hear them. Of course, the yep. light falls and plunges them into darkness as thunder and lightning sound outside. Like, of course, what else right. is going to happen here? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Classic liar. This is like liar season one right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so back at the prom, more of everyone standing around trying to find a slash each other. Um, Allison stands by a giant hourglass and gets a text that says, my, what big eyes you have. Use them. Time is running out. This is like at least the second time that A has told her that time is almost up or is running out. Um, and it really has not like inspired her to look like better or faster in any way. Uh, Allison glances around and sees a red caped figure now that seems to be wearing a black hoodie beneath the cape. And she's like, great, that's the one that I want. <laughs> she follows them. Clark sees this and follows her, 
revealing a gun that he cocks the safety on, although he leaves it holstered as he does so. Uh, the liars, seeing this, follow him. Oh, my God. Yeah, so inconspicuous. You know, everybody involved is really doing, like, A-plus work. <laughs> and also, like, so not only have the teachers, like, not enforced any kind of security at the prom, but, like, somebody at the prom has a gun. <laughs> and the teachers are just like, I, what are they doing? Are they, like, chaperoning elsewhere and saying, like, leave room for the Holy Spirit? What are they, what are they up to? Uh, well, what they are not up to is monitoring this specific area of prom because suddenly the liars and the boyfriends have cornered Clark and, oh boy, the optics of Toby grabbing Clark's gun, announcing that he's a police officer while Clark is being restrained by two other white men. Not great show, not great. Clark announces that he is also an officer and he whips out a badge. You just got 21 jump streeted. He's undercover. <laughs> Uh, Toby hands back the gun. It's just kind of like a, sorry, man, all's well that ends well. Uh, Emily, who is, who is with, like, let us, let me remind everybody, Emily is with Sarah Harvey. She (laughs) scoffs about Aria having no idea that Clark was a cop. Uh, where's Allie? With Clark, they wonder? They don't know. How do they keep losing Allison? She's in a giant yellow dress. Also... My favorite part of this whole thing, uh, of the reveal that Clark is an undercover cop, is that Arya is so stunned, and she's like, all that time? In the dark room at Hollis? Like, I know that people can become cops very quickly in Rosewood, CF Toby, but, like, the fact that Arya is just, like, the whole time you were a police? I don't understand. Oh, Aria. Oh, uh, what I love is that the fact that clearly Clark is a is an officer who outranks Toby. And like <laughs> later in like a minute, Toby's gonna be like, Oh yeah, me and Clark already called for backup. And it's like, <laughs> oh Toby, you're not part of this undercover operation. You didn't know that this guy was a cop. You don't get to be like, Oh yeah, I'm the Jonah Hill to his Channing Tatum. Like, that's not how this works. Agreed. Agreed. Also, I I just feel like you're right. Like Toby grabbing the gun and holding it like sideways um, at Clark is not great. And also, let's just review, like, let's just review like the black characters who do not exist in abundance on this show, um, but who who we've seen and who we've like. So Shauna murdered someone with a gun. Uh, Lyndon kidnapped uh Paige and emily and there's a gun you know the gunshot that goes off um yeah. in in the lighthouse we have that situation he we shoots have... he shoots caleb yeah Linden shoots yeah. caleb yeah yeah so uh we're we're running around uh we're running around with guns there clark here has a gun uh maya doesn't have a gun that we know of but she has a pot hidden in her you know in and around her person at all times. Uh, and then we also have uh, Barry Maple and we have um, the FBI agent who are law enforcement officers, but again, are people who are constantly carrying guns. So I just want to point, point out that their, their track record here, not the best. Far, far, far from the best. Yep. Yeah. Good point. 
so uh, Allison wanders. Also, this area where they have captured Clark was the part where it made me be like, okay, so like, there's like a cave and there are tunnels and there's a labyrinth. Like I was trying to figure out like, and then suddenly like the liars came from like all directions. Like wherever <laughs> they were, they suddenly like surrounded Clark in the middle of this labyrinth. It also has like sort of a fog machine thing going on the floor. Like it's, yeah, yeah. Suddenly it's, it's like this part of the prom just goes on and on and back and back forever and ever. Yeah, like, this is why never... I said it's like it's Ravenswood. Like yeah. this is like a portal where they're all just like, yeah, they're they're all just in like another dimension now. So <clears throat> Allison is wandering some more through the labyrinth. She finds the red cloak in an area with you know, a typical zillion mirrors, as any prom committee would surely decorate with. Some of them cracked. Um, she calls out to dead name. She gets a text that says, it's just the two of them now. And then a black-gloved hand goes over her mouth and is pulling her away to likely be kidnapped. Uh-oh! <laughs> and she, like, she starts screaming like she's surprised by this. Come on, Allison. <laughs> Like, is Allison, did, did she not even bring, like, mace? Or, like, <laughs> like peripheral vision? Yeah. Brass knuckles? Like, yeah. something? No, apparently not. So Emily thinks they should call the police, but this is where Toby's like, no, no, Clark and I got this. We're, you know, we're kind of a team, Clark and I. We're, we're kind of like a, we're kind of like the two police officers, you know? <laughs> is this anything? <laughs> Are you believing this yet? <laughs> Um, Lorenzo shows up just then looking for Allison and they have to admit that they can't find her, which makes them all seem pretty stupid. Spencer has to take a moment to thank Lorenzo for coming, proving that Allison is not ultimately as irredeemable as Spencer feared. Yes. And this is like, so this is where we hear like everybody has these assignments like Hannah and Caleb are going to check the coat check. Aria is checking the bathrooms because, like, maybe A needed a potty break. <laughs> she's going to go, she's going to go look there. Um, Tobe and Lorenzo are going to go check the exits. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, and then Emily and Spencer kind of run further into the, the maze to try to find out, um, where Allison has has gone to. Uh, And while all that is happening, the moms are in the basement, dirty, disheveled. Uh, Ashley touched something that's rotting. They wonder how the girls survived what they did and feel badly about themselves because they failed at their one job of keeping the girls safe. And I do do like this um, because like, it's like they're wondering about this, like not only about tonight, but obviously about like, how things have come to this, like vis-a-vis their parenting of the liars, just in general. Yeah, I really, really like the line about like how did they, how did our girls get through this? Uh, they've had one night of being liars, and it's already been horrible. Like, you know, what what have the liars gone through? Um, again, it's just like an idea that I feel like they don't do enough with, but it's an interesting idea. Back at prom, Spencer and Emily arrive at the broken mirror bonanza where Allison was taken 
and they find her dropped phone. And there's a lot of like, is this Allison's phone? What's going on? Is this Allison's phone? Where's Allison? Uh, (laughs) As the other liars uh, kind of join in this little area. It's so amazing that like after an entire episode of like everybody just running after one another, where is anyone? How can we find anybody? No idea. Um, That like Aria and Hannah have both like, reappeared from the coat check and the bathroom like right at this pivotal moment to write the exact spot where they just had Allison's phone and there's no mention of like what assignment like Caleb or Prezra have gone off to they they've obviously gone off with the men folk um to check yeah. the exits or whatever whatever the cops are you know to look at the cop cars yeah, they're stuff. going off to the wars um it's also amazing like I feel like the technology in this episode Like, the first half, you know, Allison gets the text from A. The liars are, like, scrolling social media, learning all about what's going on at prom. And then it's, like, for the whole middle half of this episode, it's, like, cell phones do not exist. The moms don't have phones. None of the liars seem to have phones because none of them are, like, calling Allison or texting each other or anything. It's, like, just what you can physically, like, see or touch is, like, all that you have access to. Uh, Sarah Harvey has, like, just showed up here at prom. She and Emily didn't seem to have any kind of, like, cell phone communication. Uh, It's, like, the only person with a working cell phone is Allison, but the only person that can send her anything is A. (laughs) It's like, it's such a weird choice to have it be like, technology just like circumstantially exists in this particular episode, I guess. Oh my gosh, indeed. And then in a very confusing shot, Allison (laughs) is running, apparently terrified, in front of A, (laughs) shrieking about where they're taking her. Is she being like held at gunpoint? What is what is happening here? Like the last thing we saw was her being like dragged away with a hand over her mouth. She's obviously like escaped from that particular clutch, but she's like running, but not running away, but asking where they're taking her. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what is going on there, especially because she then stops. <laughs> A is behind her, looming in the shadows. Allison, instead of like running away some more from the person who wants to kidnap you, uh, faces A and begs Dead Name to talk to her. A reaches up and pulls down their mask. Oh my God! Allison exclaims. And that's the end of the episode. Whoa. That was uh that was a that was a time. That was a time at prom. It was indeed. Yeah. Yeah. They really um yeah, they really set it up without you without you knowing like what's <laughs> what's gonna happen. Who could A possibly be? I I did feel like <clears throat> when I watched it the first time and the, like I didn't know yet, like I, I suspected what they were going to do, but I wasn't sure. <clears throat> and I did think that when Allison reacted that way, I I was sure the moment I saw that, I was like, okay, it is going to be CC Because I felt like the, the way that Allison reacts there does seem like she is legitimately shocked. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. And that it's, I mean, it's clearly not Reese. Like, it's clearly somebody that yeah. she knows, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, what did you think of this episode like now that you know what's 
you know, what's happening next? Like, what did, what do you think rewatching this episode? Oh man. I mean, I dread the next episode so much. Um, and I dread what's to come. So I was kind of like, oh, this is going to be like the last fun one. But it was not a romp. This episode was not a romp. It was actually a, a bit more of a flop. Um, just because in spite of the yeah. kind of glamorous setting of prom, uh, the show just really fails to, it, it fails to deliver on much. We're obviously like going through this whole episode just to get to that last moment at the end when Allison sees who A is. Yes. Yeah, it is. It is really like literally, you know, spinning in circles, this whole episode, spinning in circles in fancy prom dresses. And like you said, they're not even like, like, I feel like this episode would honestly be so much better if the outfits were better, because at least it would be like cooler stuff to look at. Yes, I completely. Yeah, I, I have a hard agree on that. Yeah, yeah. I I thought that this was. Um, I remember thinking that this felt like a real filler episode when I saw it the first time, but I was kind of more charmed by it because it was sort of like, oh, we're having one last sort of silly romp before like the seriousness of the finale. And now it seems so clear after this season and knowing what's to come, uh, how much it's it's just we're just filling time. Yeah, and it's it's like the mom stuff is really funny. But, like, this episode does not really pass, like, the so what test. Like, if you yeah. skipped everything that was in this episode and just had <clears throat> had the, the finale opening with Allison saying, oh, my God, it would be like there, there would not be a big difference. Like, nothing really of note happens except that we find out that Clark is an undercover cop. But that is not going to matter enormously in the finale. So, eh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, do we have anything more we want to say before we, before we close up this last dance? Um, did you go to prom? I, so my school, I, my, I went to an alternatives high school where you could go to prom every year. It was not specific by grade, uh, which a little bit took the magic out of it. Uh, so funnily enough, I went to my prom in my freshman year and my sophomore year, and I did not go to prom in my junior or senior years. Hmm. Yeah. Did your prom have a labyrinth <laughs> or, or a cave or people wearing masks? No labyrinths, no caves, and I'm going to say no people wearing masks. Yeah, it was it was pretty much just, you know, a lot of teens jumping in a room. Not mm. not too exciting. How about yours? How about, did you go to prom? Did you I have did. caves I did. and labyrinths? I I went to prom twice. I went my junior okay. year and my senior year and okay. uh, no, there were no caves, no labyrinths, nary a fog machine in sight. Oh my um, god. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so yeah, and and no people in masks that I recall. Okay, okay, yeah. I mean, it. I wonder, like, because like the school that I went to was very, you know, people, people. It it was very. Most of the kids were kind of felt like they were like too cool for a traditional prom, but I do wonder, like, 
I don't like how how prom themes work at 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 normal schools. Like, do do people really uh, really dress for the theme or or no? Kind of the anomaly here. I feel like they were no. The theme is always like, and and the theme is never like like fairy tale. You have to dress like fairy tale characters. Like, if the theme is like under the sea, it's not like everybody is dressing like fish. Like, come on, you know, it's just like. <laughs> Yeah, like the theme is prom. Everybody dresses like it's prom <laughs> in in my experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes that makes sense. But you know, the liars, it, it's almost like they they sort of split the difference. Like they they didn't fully get, like I wish that they would have gone you know more intensely in uh in either direction, but not so. Not yeah, so. I I've always wanted um. Like, I would say this is maybe on my bucket list. I've always wanted to go to, like, a gay prom, which, like, sometimes, like, community centers will, like, throw those, obviously, yeah. after the pandemic is over. Um, but I've always thought that that would be uh, cool and fun. And I'm glad that we got to see two girls slow dancing at this prom. I'm just really bummed that it was Emily and Stale Crackers rather than Emily and Allison give the people what they want. Yeah, this 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 is a real sort of stab in the heart for uh for Emerson fans this episode, I feel. Well, do we have anything more to say? We don't. But if you do, if you want to tell us about your prom, yes. your thoughts on these liars outfits, what they should have looked like, could have looked like, what would be the gayest fairy tale character to go as? Maybe some Swan Queen cosplay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. If you have any thoughts about that, please let us know. Oh, okay. I have a question for you. Well, I'll just say, please let us know at everybodyapodcast at gmail.com. Okay, now I'll ask you the question. Which of the four moms would you most and least want to be trapped in a basement with? Ooh, okay. Um, or you gosh. could rank them. You could also just maybe rank them. Okay, well, I think the mom most likely to be able to get us out of the basement would be Pam Fields. Um, I feel like, you know, her husband is away a lot of the time. She probably knows a lot about, like, using tools and how to, like, get out of there. So um, I think that Pam would be really good to be caught down there with. I think Ashley would be pretty fun uh, to be caught down there with. Yeah, I think the the worst mom to be trapped in a basement with would be Ella Montgomery because she <laughs> is just like so non-confrontational. Like I feel like Ella would like just give up. Like she would just be like sitting on a crate and being like, "Well, I guess I live in this basement now." And it would not be it it would not be very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that. So would your list go like Pam, Ashley, Veronica, Ella? Um, like, I think that, I think that if, if my goal was to get out of the basement, I think that I would want Pam or Veronica. Um, cause like Veronica could just kick that door down. Like, I, I feel like, you know, there's, there's no worry about that. Um, I think if I were like going to be stuck in the basement for a while and I had to hang out with a person, I would say Ashley. Uh, and then just like, just like way at the bottom of the list would be Ella. What about yeah. you? Yeah. Oh man, it really, I agree. It really does depend on like the goal. Like I think Ashley would definitely be the most fun to be trapped with. And I think Ashley actually would be pretty resourceful. You know, Ashley's a pretty scrappy woman. Um, 
I feel like Pam and Veronica, like they would both have good instincts in terms of getting out of the out of there. But if you were going to be trapped with them, like I feel like both of them would be very anxious people to be mm. trapped. And Veronica would be very controlling. She'd be like, we need to we need to make a, a chore wheel like an hour <laughs> in, you know, um, so I think I think like if I had if I was gonna be tra- <laughs> if I was gonna be trapped for a while, I Ashley. If I needed to get out of there, mm, I'm gonna say Veronica. She seems like she could kick down a door. Yeah, yeah. I I think you're right to worry about if you were down there for a long time. Like Veronica would be like assigning roles for the new civilization that she's building. Yes, and that that would be a lot. That it would, would be a it lot would be pretty intense situation. Yeah, it would it would get pretty intense pretty quickly, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you can of course email us if you have thoughts on who you would most and least like to be trapped uh in the in the De basement with. Um then there's of course also like the wild card of Jessica De Laurentiis, who maybe would be the best just because she knows like all the hidden passageways, you know? Mm. But she mm-hmm. also is dead. So <laughs> That is somewhat limiting. That poses a bit of a problem. Uh, you can, of course, also check out our Instagram at Everybody A Podcast or send in a rating and review on iTunes. We would appreciate it. Amazingly, next week, we are going to be talking about Game Over Dead Name. Can you believe it? Did you think we'd ever get here? I knew that someday we would get here. Now here we are. Um, not looking forward to the wild transphobia in the upcoming episode, but I am looking forward to Sarah Harvey's betrayal being revealed by like her being on the other side of a door that's closing. I am looking forward to like the giant crime-o-matic hologram screen thing uh, that they watch these memories play out on. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to some of those moments. Do you know what one of my favorite moments is in that episode that I'm looking forward to is the moment when they're all in the room and they're like in the middle of the whole, you know, big reveal of this thing and that thing and who did this thing and who did that thing. And Mona just like is like, guys, I'm the one who killed Bethany Young. And it's like clearly <laughs> such a throwaway moment. Like we just we just need to tie up this last loose thread. We're just going to say that it was Mona she and Melissa tag team murdered this girl. It's unfortunate. It's time to move on. And I feel like all of the other liars kind of have this reaction of like, Mona, what are you going to do? You got to break a few eggs. to make a- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think they're kind of like, it could have been any of us. Literally, yeah. it could have been any of us. We're kind of um, like, wait, who is that again? Which blonde girl is that again? <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. And and I actually, um, I do really like... Um, the ending of that episode, not like the ending on the roof, but I like the ending where they're all leaving yeah. to go to different schools. I think that that's an, like one of the last nice moments that we get of the liars and their friendship. I agree. Well, we will, of course, have many more things to say about that next week. But uh, until then, you know, if if a weird girl from a basement uh, just shows up at your prom, maybe don't dance with her. Maybe ask a few <laughs> questions. That's, yeah, if someone, that's my parting advice. If someone says to you at any point, no matter what happens, <laughs> feel free to ask some follow-up questions. That's <laughs> that's my life advice based on this prom. Yeah, good, good, solid advice, I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Take care.